Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in 76ers with your hosts, former 76ers point guard Eric Snow and two Sixers fanatics in Marcus and Tasia Dash. Believe in 76ers is presented by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is your number one source for all your sports betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. We've got a great new sponsor here at Believe in 76ers podcast. And I got to say, I love betting with my friends on pretty much anything, sports, games, you name it. And that's what the Cut app allows us to do. The Cut app is a peer-to-peer social betting platform that's legal in 40 plus states. Cut has customizable odds, tracking capabilities, and an entire social network with group chats, user profiles, and rewards. And the best part is all payments are on the app as well. No need for Venmo. So to get started today, use our promo code BELIEVE76ERS. You can find that right there for a 10% welcome deposit bonus. And that promo code is BELIEVE76ERS, B-L-E-A-V, 76ERS. The Cut app, put your money where your mouth is. I look forward to seeing you on the app. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Believe in 76ers podcast. I'm Marcus Dash here with legendary 76ers point guard Eric Snow and my brother Tasia Dash. Obviously, you know... Kind of a mixed weekend. We won that Cavs game, and then the Bucks game, and didn't go as uh, as as a lot of us would want it to go. But um, yeah, nonetheless, one and one at least. At least we'll take the uh, the Cavs win. Um, okay. but, yeah. But before we get into the this, uh, the Sixers in the NBA world, I wanted to ask your opinion on something, Eric. Obviously, Michigan State uh, star uh, on the va- on the college basketball courts. Um, there's a whole big thing going on about storming the court. Eric and um, a lot of people are saying that since the Wake Forest Duke game, mm-hmm. they need to outlaw storming, uh, court storming. What are your thoughts on uh, on court storming, Eric? You know what is it's it's interesting because I I've never really been against it, and I've never really been for it. You know, I've never really it was just, just you do it, you do it. Um. I have noticed a trend currently that it's like happening more often. I, 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 you know, it used to be just like a championship or, you know, a big time game or big time upset. Uh, but now it's just like, you know, you're in your conference, you know, you yeah. know teams are storming the field and, and you're, and you got to win and you got to win in record. You know what I'm saying? You got to win in record. But then you're storming the field against a team that's a ranked team. Like, mm-hmm. I, I just think it's probably happening too often. It's kind of like from that standpoint, it's kind of hard because um, it's always been a risk of injury. That's always been a risk. I, I think um, with, with it happening so much, I do feel that schools need to do more either prevent it or 
set up some kind of court from a certain part of the court where you got a chance to get players off the court. Um, Cause I know when, when my son, them, I was last game I was at at Michigan state, when they beat Michigan, they were both undefeated. The students were going to storm field, but they had armed policemen sitting outside the student section and they didn't try it. So <laughs> I, I do think you need to have a rope system you, um, where you kind of cut off an area or you have armed policemen that are in a specific area that keep the players from everyone else. Um, or if you're not going to do that, then you have to try to way to totally prevent it ever happening. Um, mm-hmm. Because it's, I've been stuck in a, um, when I was young and my brother, I went up to a game when he played football at Michigan State and they won the, the game that they clinched the Big Ten title. I told my parents, if they win the game, I'm, I'm going to run on the field and storm, you know, if everybody run on the field, I'm going to go out there. The worst, one of the worst decisions I ever made in my life. <laughs> now, I know I was younger and smaller and I, I barely went on the, on the field and I was like, that was the worst decision I ever made. You couldn't do anything. So you didn't have cell phones back then. So it was just people like it was, I was like, so I'm kind of, I just think you got to, we got to do a, a better job of safeguarding it. If, if, if that's what we're going to do, mm-hmm. if you're still going to allow it. Cause I know finding the schools, isn't changing anything. Yeah. So some some safety precautions have to be put in in place. Yeah. Maybe letting the losing team leave the court first and then the floodgates open. I don't know. Yes, yeah, something has to be done. Yeah. But it, it is true. It does seem like it's happening a lot more often. And it's kind of losing its – I know it's losing its luster, but like it, it was usually reserved, like you kind of mentioned, it was reserved for like the bigger moments, like the championship games or like an unranked team that's like had a, like a losing record beating like a number one or two seed, not like a a, t- a, a team with a winning record at yeah, home it, against the number eight seed. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. It's just, it's happening a little more off too often. That's when, that's why the attention is being put on there. And then you have obviously two important players in two different sports. You can imagine all the incidents that happened in football. Um, yeah. it's, it's even more. Yeah. Yeah. And also, too, it, it being Duke also is going to highlight a lot of things. But it, I mean, it has to be. Player. I mean, it has to be. I mean, it has to be. It's college students because it doesn't happen in the professional leagues. No. Yeah, it's true. So it's, you know, it's the college students and, and they're, you know, they're enjoying their moment. So, yeah, I just, I think first off, you have to find some kind of safety precautions. Then you can deal with whether how you're going to handle it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the storm of the court, storm of the field is one cool thing that is like kind of isolated to college sports. So to get rid of it all together, that'd be that would that would suck. That's one cool thing that college sports has that the professional sports doesn't have. And so losing that, 
yeah, to band it all together, uh, that that'd be that that that'd be losing something kind of big of college sports. Is that is that kind of fandom aspect of it? I feel like yeah, they're also much more connected. Like the the because the, the, they're all students, so players, students, all one. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I saw someone make a point, like you know how professional sports. You know, you got multi-million dollars tied into these players and stuff, so that's why you don't see the uh, the stampedes coming out, the storming and stuff. But now with college athletes getting paid as much as they are, they are million-dollar kind of investments for these schools. But that's why you'd want to keep them safe, like to, to, to prevent these Flipkowski kind of injuries and stuff that happens with the stampedes and, and such. How injured is he? Do we have you heard anything about like an update on that? Like what his actual injury is? No, no, I don't. No. I think he was got injured, but it wasn't anything that's keeping him out. Okay. Yeah, yeah I thought it was an interesting uh, thing that happened this week, and I had to had to ask your opinion on it, Eric. Um, okay, so now we're gonna get to kind of the uh, the rough news and uh, talking about our Sixers after that uh, that domination by Doc and uh, the Bucks on uh, Sunday. So. As in the opener, we've mentioned that we beat the Cavs, uh, the top one of the top two teams in the East, uh, and then followed by Sunday getting dominated by the Bucks. Doc's return to Philadelphia, Pat Bev's return to Philadelphia. Um, so I just want to kind of ask you guys a few things here. Is there any positives that you, we can pull from what we've seen over the last two games, or is it are we just kind of like trying to survive survival mode until MB gets back? Um, and then Eric, I uh, wanted to ask you a specific question uh, to you. Um, if you were a veteran leader on this squad, what would you be telling the guys as it, I mean, it is seemingly us just kind of waiting until MB gets back and just trying to weather the storm until MB gets back. What would you tell uh, some of the guys in the squad if you were a veteran leader on this team? I mean, the first off, it has to be, you know, this, this is where it's a little different because um, – when I played, it was more of kind of getting your rhythm and practice and establishing how you're going to play and what you're going to do and getting your camaraderie that way. Whereas now I'm not sure they practice as much. So, um, true. But you have to find a way that number one, everyone has to be connected. Everyone has to be in a situation where they are in one unison of what they're doing. We're going to come out back. That that has to be number one. Um, that you can't you can't be outworked. Teams teams can't play harder than you. Um, and then you have to go and trust your body of work and do the things you're capable of doing and try to do it collectively and try to do it together. Um, but that has to be a point of emphasis for for the buy-in. You have to buy into what your role is. You have to buy into what it is you're supposed to be doing. And the tough part about that happening when Joel isn't playing is like now all of a sudden expectations and demands on guys are increasing. Yep. Um, and it's, it's harder for some guys to meet that on a consistent basis. Um, but at the end of the day, the effort can't never be questioned. And then because effort and, and togetherness can win you some games. Um, in this league, and especially when you have your best player out, like that has to always be the staple of who you are. Um, and, you know, try to do some fun things with them when you're on the road, try to do some things together. 
um, have some fun, get away from it a little bit. Those are the things that I'll kind of try to do to kind of weather the storm until Joel gets back. But at the end of the day, it's still about playing hard and competing and, and just trying to believe that you can still win games, which they've proven they can do. It's just that we haven't been able to consistently do it the way we did when Joel played. Do you see a lack of effort on some in some of these games? No, I do not see a lack of effort. Um, and effort isn't always from a standpoint of what you see is like somebody playing hard or it's a loose ball and you don't dive on the ground. Effort can be being at the right, being in the right place at the right time, making the extra pass as needed, boxing out, doing the right every thing. time doing all the little things and things that you need to do to help your team win, to, to make sure that we're giving ourselves the best chance to do it, the best, best chance to win games um, because all those little small details matter. So taking care of all the small details on a consistent basis. And last, sometimes it has to be done with effort. Guys may take a break this possession and not be locked in to ball and man. And all of a sudden your man get a back door. Those are things you got to be locked in. That's effort. That's effort and awareness um, into locked in the woman. Now, you should be doing that all the time, but the details of, of it do increase when you don't. Do you – I sometimes think – I, I look around the league to watching shorthanded teams – like Memphis, for instance. Memphis, no matter who they lose, they seem to be in a lot of their games. Yeah, they do get blown out. Um, but, you know, I, I look at a box score and I see Memphis is down by like two points in the third quarter. And I'm like, how? They have like six active players tonight. How the hell are they like in this game? But then us, we have an all-star. We have a max player. We have one of the top shooters in the league. We have Ubre, who's a 20-point scorer in this league. Uh, Batum's legit basketball player. Um, we have like real players, right? We have uh, just without Embiid on paper, we're a better team than a lot of teams, maybe even full, uh, full uh, healthy teams. Do you think it's because we're so we're so like perfectly built for the guy we're missing that when he's out, it's we're at such a disadvantage. I, I'm trying to put together why we're as bad as we are sometimes without Joel because we're still a good team. But I think we're just so tailor-made for his skill set that when he's out, it's like, oh, you have all the bullets for a gun you don't have anymore. What the hell are you going to do with that now? Um, I mean, good question, honestly. Um I'll kind of compare it to when we had our team with AI. Um, were we necessarily the best fit for him? We were a great fit for him. Maybe not the best fit because we didn't necessarily put a lot of shooting around him. But the one thing that was consistent with and without him was we were, we were a very good defensive team. Yes. So we were always in a lot of games if AI didn't play because we were always consistently good on defense. 
And I think that's where the difference is now. I think we're capable of winning games, but I do feel a lot of times that we try to win a lot of games offensively more so than defensively. We try to outscore a lot of people. Um, The emphasis of guys getting numbers becomes relevant and obvious to me that guys are seeking shots and off the attention on offensive end seems to be higher than defensively. And I think in order for this to kind of change to be more of a consistent winning ways, the defensive intensity has to be increased, maintain consistent consistency. And then you offensively, we already know we can score, but that other side of the ball has to be um, addressed and it has to be addressed consistently. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree with a lot of that. Yeah, it's just it's it's frustrating because you know we we are a good team with him without him, and we just don't play like. And I think I forgot. I think it was more that said a while ago about like missing Joel because a lot of the guys we have are so perfect for Joel. He didn't say this exactly, but they have flaws, and Joel is good at covering up people's flaws, especially on the defensive end because he's an anchor down there, right? So when you have guys who can't do certain things on defense, Joel will cover some of those things up. So when you lose him, not only are you losing the offense, which is clear as 35 points plus per game, but you're missing the anchor on your defense. So it's like it's not just one of those guys that you can just, you know, make up for it on you know defensively, right? Because AI wasn't I'm gonna say he was not he was probably your fifth best defensive player on the core out of your starting five, probably. I mean, so it's a big difference between losing that. So all you guys had to really do was make up for one side of the ball. That's not a problem. Yeah. yeah. So all you got to do is make up for your one side of the ball. Whereas with Joel, you have to make up for both, like everything. That's that's it's hard, man. It's really hard. Yeah, I mean, I I I think saying, but I do think like um, the offensive side is what people, especially from the outside, focus on more. They'll focus on yeah. when guys don't score. Tobias isn't scoring enough, or this guy isn't scoring enough, or Maxie's shooting percentage isn't high enough. And some games still with that. If you're being consistent on the defensive end, yeah. Um, so does Joel make us better defensively? Yeah, I'm sure he does. But it, that shouldn't be. We 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 can't if we if we say we're taking 35 points away, so now we're struggling on offense, and we take him off the team. You know, he's not playing, and then we're struggling on defense. Then we're looking at an eighth seed. Yeah. Let's just go ahead and, and wrap it up. <laughs> if if that's going to be the if that's what we're talking about, yeah. So something has to change. Something something has to change. Now I know Milwaukee was a tough tough out, and Cleveland we got the benefit of Mitchell not playing. Um, but Milwaukee was. Is it weighted Dame 
and um, Giannis played. They defended too. I mean, they yes. held three out of their last six opponents under 100 points. And their other guys stepped up too. It wasn't just Damon Yas, the other guys, Beasley, all, a lot of those guys uh, were hitting their shots. Yeah, they killed us in shooting. Yeah, Beasley shots, yeah, but Beasley only took like nine shots. He just made them. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, yeah, it's just he, he made them shots. And they also didn't have their quote unquote third best player. Yeah. Yeah, and on top of that, um, I'm looking at the team stats right now. I'm pretty sure. You know what? I thought they killed us a lot more on the boards than that. It's funny. I, I look at a lot. I'm wa while watching our games, I think teams obliterate us on the boards. And then when I look at the actual numbers, they're not they're not that bad. But it seemed like a lot worse. They only beat us by six in the rebounding. But I thought it was much worse than that. What was the free throw margin? Yeah. I feel like that, that, was, that was a pretty big disparity. No. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, 18 to 11. Wow. Oh. Yeah, that's another thing that stood out to me more. I thought they had a lot more free throws than that. Only seven. Yeah, I mean, they field goal percentage. They killed us, fifty-four to thirty-seven. That's that's the game. You know, it's a lot. I mean, they yeah. shot more and they 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 made more and shot less. So, anytime that happens, you're you're gonna have a lot of success, which is crazy because when I remember um, I was on the phone with you at one point, Marcus, and I was like, man, look at all the, the points off turnovers we have, and the. And the amount of turnovers they had, it was like, we should be way closer in this game. But then you look at the field goal percentage and three-point percentages, and it was just like, oh, well, there you go. That's why. Yeah. Did, did you guys see any um, – obviously, it was a tough loss, but were there, were there any kind of, like, bright spots? You're like, you know what, that's that's pretty good. Like, the, the one thing that stood out to me in this game was was Melton. Melton looked pretty damn good in this game, and that was like only a second game back. That's the one bright spot that, that I saw from, from this game. Anything that you guys noticed that we can – Maybe having a little silver uh, yeah, lining. Melton shot, yeah, he he shot he shot the ball well and he was aggressive offensively. Um, but I think with Melton, what's what's going to be more what's going to be important going forward is you look around, you look at all the playoff teams or most of the playoff teams, most of the ones that we're going to play, they have guards and perimeter players that he's going to have to defend. So yeah, so that's going to have to be a point of emphasis also. Um, so. On down something from him or whoever comes with. I think that um, playing him more and freeing up Maxi from that responsibility um, helps. And that's the you know because we're we're playing Kyle with with Maxi and and but same Lillard. So I think that's where Melton is going to have to um, come through more for us. But I, but I did, do think he played well offensively. Yeah. Yeah, that was definitely a bright spot. Um, I I mean, Heald's played – Heald didn't have the best game, but he's – overall, he's played pretty well. Maxi without Embiid has played pretty well. Um, you know, he's he can't make up for what we lose with Embiid, but um, he's – you know, it's not one of those things where he's back down or – with the more attention he's gotten, he's clearly worse. Like none of that's true. Right. So um, I, I think, yeah, two things are definitely clear. Well, more than that, but we need to make it a higher point emphasis in the off season to get a legit backup big. I think that is 
obvious. Okay. Like they need to get that uh, to, um, yeah, we pretty much just need to hold on like Ric Flair and like a Royal Rumble until MP gets back. Just like hold on to those ropes, man, until he comes back. Because I mean, we're you know, it look yeah, it looks like we're, we're it looks like we're holding off them until our you know the cavalry comes and, and saves us is what, is what we're doing. But um, long way to go. Yeah, it's look at the plus minus from that game. I, I didn't realize Ubre had the had the worst plus minus on our on our team minus twenty one. Paul Reed minus twenty. And Lowry, uh, I'm sorry, Lowry looked good too. I know he didn't fill up the, uh, you know, he didn't have a lot of, you know, he only shot twice. But uh, talking about making the right plays and effort, that's a guy that's doing those things that you, you talked about. It's not always diving for basketballs. It's being in the right place, making the right plays, taking that charge, doing those kind of things. Like, he's, he's, yeah, he's, he's a good guy it. to have. Yeah, he's going to have some maturity and – discipline to the to the game um that's definitely going to be there uh, um planning with maxi and how that's going to look when we're playing against top guards that, that's all i'm asking um yeah. but if it's a short stint then i'm fine but i'm just talking about the long stint yeah playing that lineup looks small Oh, Milwaukee back. See, I'm sorry, Eric, say that again. You see you look small compared to Milwaukee. We look small to a Milwaukee backcourt that's not considered a big backcourt. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And that's without Middleton, but he, you know, he doesn't really play two anymore. He's more like a three now. Yeah, there, there was a funny stat that uh, but Middleton's I, considered the three. He's not even considered the two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a funny stat that I saw uh, on uh, Twitter this week or after the game on Sunday that Lowry's already taking uh, more charges uh, in his short uh, 76ers career than um, than Tobias has this entire career in Philadelphia. W- one charge taken to zero. <laughs> Obviously, not every guy's doing that, but you know, just I thought that was funny. Um, so, so get talk about Tobias. We're gonna continue to Tobias talk in this uh, next topic here. Um, but, uh, so one, right, one of the um, <laughs> Tejas guy Tobias. <laughs> um, so after the game on uh, Sunday, uh, Maxi was asked about Tobias Harris's recent struggles, um, and he put a lot of it on himself. "Quote: I think that's probably on me. I got to do a better job of getting him better shots." and getting him in better spots to be successful. Eric, a question for you here. Um, as a point guard, what do you think about what Maxi says? He's just trying to be a nice guy, putting it on himself, or are there really things he can do to make Tobias's job uh, more successful and get him more uh, open looks and easy looks? Well, I mean, I think it's the right thing to say. You know, you kind of – take away the whole what he said and what I said thing. Um, so you own some of it. Um, um, of it. Um, so that's the right thing to do. Is it is it necessary? Um, I, but I said it was necessary. I felt that that was part of Maxie's responsibility to get him shots and blaze. But I felt it was all 
also Nick Nurse responsibility. So on Tobias to be aggressive and make it happen. So I, I do feel it's a collective issue if he isn't being aggressive. Now, if he's getting 15 to 20 shots and he's not converting, that's solely on him. But him getting nine shots is is I believe is a combination. Yeah, now, he was six in attempts. I, I I don't know if you know I, I. What'd you say? I said that he was sixth in attempts on our team. Shot attempts. That's that's what I'm talking. So. I mean, some of it, like it's happened now, now so often that you can't necessarily say some of it Tobias is going to have to own because it's a lot of these guys that are here now wasn't here before. So he, he's going to have to own own some of it. And Maxi got to make it happen. Um, he's not really getting as many wide open corner shots as he did plays. And we know we know why. Um, he's also one of them, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, Tasia, that at the beginning of the year talked about how great the offense was. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, what, 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 was, what happened then? <laughs> yeah, I don't I mean, know. Because you can run any offense and put Joel in there and people going to get wide open shots. Yeah. 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 I Batum mean, mentioned that too. Batum said that they're uh they can't sit there and rely on Maxi to try and score fifty. They have to like move the ball and get out and run and, and actually have an offense. So yeah. Um that's where I so so you, you go back to what I said at the beginning of the show. That's where them not practicing as much comes into play. Yep. Especially the huge roster overhaul that we did. Yes, with all the changes. So the guys really hadn't really played together a lot like that. Uh, especially with the James trade coming so late in the quote-unquote preseason. Yeah. Then Joel gets down, and then you have an all-star break. And it's just like still trying to figure it out. And then guys have been out. Milton has been out. Now you bring in Kyle. Mm -hmm. Tobias has missed some games. Batum has yep. been out. So yep. they collectively, you know, haven't had anybody. And Kelly was out earlier in the season, figuring it out on the fly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I believe that was Tobias's quote in the offseason. Uh, the, the ball's moving from both sides of the core. And the ball's moving around uh, really well in comparison to last year. So, yeah. This ball's not moving that much, I guess. <laughs> I applaud Maxie for saying those things. I think that's the right way a leader 
up and coming young guy becoming a leader says. Um, but I mean, <laughs> should he be putting it on himself? Yeah, to some degree, but Tobias has been in the league for way too long to have to need Maxi to get him those looks. I mean, he had James Harden last year. So, and James Harden's one of the best passers of all time. And if James Harden can't get you the amount of open looks that it takes to get successful good shots, then Maxie's not going to do that. I mean, if, if James couldn't get you those, then Maxie's not going to. So I don't see how that's going to get any better yeah. with Maxie um, at the helm being a point guard when James couldn't do it for you. Um, I, I just – look, man, we talked about Tobias for years now. Um, it's interesting because – I just it's it's a fit problem, but but the weird thing is that it's without Joel, so it's like now out of all times, grab the ball and shoot 15, 20 times, like just demand the ball. But again, we're talking about someone's personality and fit, and he just that's not his that's just not his thing. It's not his personality. He's not a, just a he's not a quick acting, quick twitch player, quick decision player. Just get it up, just get the shot out. He's a, he's an ISO. He likes to slow it down. He likes to pump fake. He likes to back someone down, get a matchup. And just, yeah, I mean, it doesn't work. It's just not working. It's And Nurse said after the last game he wants to up the uh, tempo. Um, he wants to up the pace and the tempo for our offense. He thinks we're, we're not going as fast as, 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 he, as he'd like. Um, so does that, does, that ben, does that bode well for Tobias if we are going to up the tempo of the offense? I don't know. I, I don't. I don't necessarily. I can't necessarily say it. It. It, it, it helps. Um, it could help with the create more attempts for the team totally. But I. I still stand on what I say. It, it has to be a pointed emphasis to get him the basketball. Playing faster is just playing faster. He's a pointed emphasis player, especially with Joel out. Mm-hmm. So what you you'll have a game if you don't do that you'll have a game where he has 15 16 17 shots and then you'll have Yeah. So let me ask you a question Eric. Like does Tobias to be a successful to reach his full potential does he have to be the number one option in an offense? Like, can he be a complimentary player with the way he plays? If, but it also depends on how your number one player is used. You know what I'm saying? So if you have your number one player that plays 15, 70 feet, and, he, and he's an ISO player, it's going to be hard to have your second option third option do the exact same thing yeah so i i i believe that it's heading to the point where in order for tobias to play that same way think um, you all can remember back then 
Corliss was a they started McDyne Ben and and then um you know obviously she they they started all those guys, but it was a point of emphasis whenever Corliss Williamson came in the game, a scouting report knew they're going to him. They're going to him. He's getting the ball and he's scoring. Okay. So however you do it, I'm not saying he needs to come off the bench. I'm just saying it needs to be a point of emphasis if you if you're having the expectations for him to do it. If you're if you know the team may very well not have the expectations for him to do that because they didn't particularly, you know, you know, they know this contract is ending, so they may not be committed to him being that type of player. I'm just saying from all the demands and all of what people are asking gets done they don't play that way anymore so that's what i'm saying that you're supposed to have this free-flowing offense that everybody liked but we're still in the same spot yeah because yeah. It, it needs to be done a certain way he you, you have you have to be specific and making sure he gets shots and attempts. And every whether he makes them falls on him. But if you don't put him in that situation, he's not a he's he he'll catch and shoot, but that's not what he does. No. That's just that's not what he does. Maybe he could go offensive rebound more. He could do that, but they that that messes with the offense. Because it's not free flowing, it's not spacing, it's not leaving the, um, the middle open. So it's it's tough. Like, is that what playing fast means? So, it's it's probably best for this team right now to start games. Um. Going to Tobias. Start yes. every game that way. Yeah, they they actually they did that in the Cleveland game. I think he had like five or six attempts in that first quarter. I believe. Yeah, he was pretty aggressive in the beginning of that game. Yeah. Start every going. Start. Start every game. Game going. Start every game like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, he won't take a lot of bad shots. He won't take bad shots. No, no, he doesn't. Um, but start hey, every game and, and see what you got. Maxi's shown that he don't need to take a lot of shots early. To that's what I said. But Maxi has shown he doesn't need he not, he doesn't need to take a lot of shots early to yeah. score. Yeah, he can get going at any time. Yeah. So we'll see what the uh, the fast tempo offense looks like tonight against uh, Boston. <laughs> so um, you guys mentioned possibly being the eighth seed going into the playoffs, and this could be a, a potential preview of a playoff matchup with uh, Boston Celtics tonight on uh, TNT at seven thirty. Uh, we are currently a twelve and a half point underdog against Boston, which is just ridiculous. Twelve and a half point underdog against uh, Boston. Who do you guys have tonight? And uh, do, you, do you guys think we'll cover the spread or do you think Boston's going to cover this big number? Um, I don't think 
we win, so I don't think we get. I think we'll make it a little closer. So you think we cover? Yeah, I think we cover. Um, I think it's. Um, I don't think. I, I don't think we win it, but I do think we cover. It's here to bounce back. It's a huge spread. I um, I think they work us. Yeah, I don't think we cover it. I think they, I think they beat us. I mean, I don't want to go by the logic of they're even better than Milwaukee, and Milwaukee beat us by twenty-one. But I just at Boston two on top of it. Um, I just don't feel like we think we can win games against good teams without Joel, and. That's a problem. And against one of the best teams who takes care of business, I just don't think it's going to happen here either. I think it'll be, yeah, I think they're going to, I think it'll be competitive for a portion of the game, but I think at the end of the game, they end up winning by more than, more than 12. Well, we, so this, this is the third time we played Boston. And I, if I remember correctly, the last time we played Boston, we were without, some of our guys in that one. Beverly had like his like highest point total in like a few years against them. Yeah, we didn't have Maxi. We lost by six, and we didn't have Maxi or Embiid. Uh, and the starting lineup actually they played really well, and that was at Boston too. So I mean, we could. I mean, that game was was a close one. Uh, Beverly twenty six, Melton twenty one, Paul Reed fourteen, Marcus Morris thirteen, Tobias Harris fourteen, Robert Covington eighteen, Mo Bamba eleven. Everyone contributed in that game. <laughs> We played like a team, though, right? Like whereas right now we have like no looks like we have no chemistry out there. They're trying to figure it out. Like most of these guys, like you said, have been out, haven't played together. Some of these guys have played like one or two games together at this point. You know, like we're just it's a, it's a pickup game for for us right now. We're like, all right, you, 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 and you, and you. All right, you're you're my five. Five, raise your hand. That, that, that's our team right now. It's like we don't. We, I mean, I just yeah. Shooting for teams. <laughs> yeah, we pretty much are, man. Who started today? All right, first five to make it start. I just don't think we have that. We don't have chemistry, and you can't. I mean, like you said, there's no practice. There's not enough practice time for these guys to get to know each other on the court. We're doing it on the fly. Yeah. Well, hopefully it's not a blowout. I mean, TNT, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for the fact that it's a primetime game. We just had a primetime game Sunday where we kind of got blown out in that one. Hopefully they, they're not going to allow two games in order to be blowouts for us. Not going to allow. We've gotten blown out a lot of our primetime games, by the way. Yeah. Like, the NBA had really bad luck scheduling Philadelphia's primetime games, man. We've had a lot of blowouts for our primetime games. You run the risk with it with the Sixers and Embiid, man. I don't think – I think next year you're going to see a big – down, downer on on Sixers primetime games, man. Well, it depends. Games. Depends what we do in the offseason. We we bring some uh, high caliber guys in to go with Max and NBA. I think they'll they'll stick with that. But yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah, we'll see. Got a long way to go to that happens. But. Yeah, let's just let's just try to survive and uh, avoid the the play in games. <laughs> but all right, guys. Well, we'll see you guys Friday. Yeah, uh, we'll see. Looks like we don't have any. We, yeah, so this is the only game we have until our show on Friday. So yeah, the next yep. game we have is Friday night against uh, Charlotte. So yeah, we gotta win this Boston game. Then we, we take the take a few days off and then regroup on uh, Friday. Yeah, I hope. <laughs> 
All right, fellas. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. We'll see you guys Friday. All right. Later take on. Take it easy, everybody. All right. Take it easy. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.